Hey everyone, it's Sonia here. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode, another heart to heart with some an amazing guest today. His name is Kevin. And this is actually the first gentleman that we've had on the show. Kevin is an entrepreneur. Um, he specializes in podcasts, but that's not what we're going to be talking about today, necessarily. You know me, I like to tap in a little bit about meals, movement, mindset, and your relationship with money. And the reason why um, talking to Kevin today is so welcoming, it, it, and that's because a male's perspective on all of these things, you know, the life that we're setting ourselves up for, I want to say it should be for you, but that's not always the case all of the time. Sometimes we do things for other people and we're going to tap in and see from a male's perspective where things fall and land in those areas. And honestly, just like normal with our heart to hearts, we're going to see how fluidly this conversation goes and where it takes us. So with no further ado, we're going to get started. I just want to say, if you're brand new listening to this show, thank you so much for giving us some of your TLC. This is episode 144. At any time I mention a heart to heart, it means that there is a video component on YouTube. So you can go to my YouTube channel, link is in the show notes. And from there, you can certainly see and be a part of the conversation because with all of these heart to hearts, it's just like you're sitting down and having coffee with a friend. Okay. So have your coffee cup handy. Here's mine today. It's called Hot Mess. I had I had my grandson last night and um, feeling super sleepy today. Um, which which for those that are catching the the um, YouTube version, I am dressed in literally a white bodysuit and. Um, charcoal or not charcoal but chocolate chocolate bottom okay hang on one second I'm gonna pause this and we're gonna pick back up with Kevin hey everyone as promised I'm back and I have a special guest with me I've got Kevin with me today and there's a couple things I want to say before we get started first of all kudos to Kevin for being brave as the first man <laughs> to show up on my podcast and I find it very fitting. You're going to have more and more men show up and, and share. And that's what I want to hear because, you know, a lot of the messages that you've been listening to over the course of the years and and um, inadvertently by catching these messages, the context isn't for women only. So today we're going to hear the perspective of the topics we normally talk about as we're sitting here having coffee together and water, magic, whatever's in your cup. There's no judgment in the morning. Um, and, and we're going to hear how these things apply to a man's perspective. So for no further ado, Kevin, please take a minute and share with us what makes you you. Yeah. So first of all, I feel very privileged to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to serve and I am excited to go deep into whatever we talk about today. So yeah, I'm Kevin Palmieri. I am the host of Next Level University. We have a global top 100 podcast with 1300 episodes almost and listeners in 150 countries. And I love helping people. I just, at the end of the day, I look back and I remember saying, if I could do what I'm doing today for a living, if that could be my job, if that could be my passion, my purpose, my mission, I would be the most fulfilled human on the planet. And that is why I try to show up with positivity and energy every single day. So that is me in a nutshell, just a man who likes helping. Well, it's not just a man who likes helping. It's a man who's passionate about serving yes. and lifting others who also loves cats. Yes, I love cats. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am many, the ultimate cat dad. How many cats do you have? I have two. So we have two. Fudge. Fudge is a, a little black cat with, he's got some white on his chest. He looks angry all the time, but he is the happiest cat in the world. And then we have Ace. Ace is like a tiger cat. He is brave. He knocks things over. He is rambunctious. He is the troublemaker. They are the next tattoo I'm going to get. I'm going to get them on my on my hand. So they're they're next. So which one do you emulate the most? I would say I'm a mix of both because Fudge is very anxious. But when he gets to know somebody, he's very, very loving. And Ace is kind of a rebel. And I think I have both of those. The, the ver version you see of me is kind of like Ace. 
where I'm just here and I, you probably think I'm very confident. You probably think I know what I'm doing. But behind the scenes, I'm more of a fudge where I am a natural introvert. I am anxious and I don't like to be the center of attention. I don't necessarily like meeting new people. Oh, wait, are you okay with this being a heart to heart? I should have asked you off, off camera. <laughs> no, of course. No, no, of course. I've <laughs> Actually, done, that's the interesting thing is I've just done this so many times that it, it probably, there's really nothing off limits when it comes to being on camera for me. I'm very comfortable here. And and actually, for everybody catching this, I did share this um, in the notes but that we were passing back and forth that we will mm -hmm. be going on camera. So I spontaneously did not just throw this at him. No, 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 so. no. You're good. <laughs> okay. So there's a couple of things that you, you brought up right now. Mm -hmm. And um, again, for any of the listeners that have taken a few minutes, you've stumbled across this. We've invited you. You've caught this from from Kevin or from myself. But maybe you're new. Maybe you're regular. First things first. Thank you. Um, Thank you for creating time in your life to remain open to learn more. Um, and that's really all, all it's about. We're not sitting here saying our way is the right way or here's which way you have to go or or what needs to be done. But we're just going to share some insight with you. And um, all of the show notes are going to be put together both on the YouTube and both on the podcast you're going to be able to reach Kevin or myself um, directly or indirectly. It doesn't matter. We're not going to hunt you down, but we're here to help you up level and elevate your life. And Kevin mentioned three things that we're going to touch on. Um, and he didn't know this anxiety, <laughs> confidence, and being an introvert. Okay. So tell us what anxiety feels like to you. Mm, that's a great question. Uh, Anxiety in a mental sense feels to me, this is the best way I can put it. Imagine you put your most valued possession, right? Maybe it's a cell phone. Maybe it's $1,000. Maybe it's your wedding ring, whatever it may be. You're putting a valued possession in the sink and it is in a cup in the sink. And then you turn the water on full blast and you are super, 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 super nervous and hyper fixated on the fact that if the water gets to a certain level, it's going to get in the cup and it's going to wreck whatever the wonderful thing you put in there is. That is my mental representation of what anxiety feels like. The physical is tightened chest, tightened throat, that for like heavy feeling, scarcity, fear. That is what anxiety looks like in a, I guess, kind of a, an example state and then also in the physical state that's kind of what it feels like to me and it's interesting because we all have a different approach on what anxiety mm -hmm. looks like and feels like and i want to thank you for sharing that because that's a very vulnerable piece um i too have anxiety i too <laughs> even if it's something i'm good at i need mm -hmm. to know i'm good at it um i don't like being just one of many and, and, and I certainly don't like having other people in charge of my destiny. That gives me anxiety. If somebody, so for me, if somebody says to me like a boss or we need to have a talk, but we're not going to mm. talk until Monday, <laughs> but <laughs> give me four days to sit and let my, my imagination at its finest. Um, mm. Because with my anxiety, I naturally go to worst case scenario. And this is a defense mechanism. Do you do the same? I used to. Yeah, I used to. And then I read somewhere, I read in a book, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Tim Ferriss, but he said, you have to think of it from the perspective of what is the most likely case? So we have best case, worst case, most likely scenario. I always try to think, okay, let, I'll become aware of best case. I'll become aware of worst case. But based on recent and relevant proof, what is the most likely case that's going to happen here? And that has helped me a lot because it I just think it helps you kind of create logic in an emotional situation. And, and I have something to share. And I've shared this earlier on a different show, but I have this little star mm. with love letters to myself all over it. I have affirmation posts all over the house, predominantly the bedroom in my office because I think the rest of the house would think I'm weird. What is the best that can happen? Yes. So what I liked specifically about what you said is if you look in terms of a, a ship rocking back and forth or a pendulum rocking back and forth, what is the worst that can happen? What is the best that can happen? Mm. And what you're saying 
what is the most realistic? Yeah. It changes the parameters. It keeps you from swaying to both extremities, which means with the law of attraction, what goes around comes around. So if you're in the law of polarities, if you're sitting up here, you naturally have to swing the other way. But if you can stop yourself from going to such lengths of the polarities, just like what you're suggesting, Kevin, about, well, what is the most realistic? You're keeping yourself swaying in a centered zone. Awareness is another important thing, I think, when it comes to that, because your expectations are directly connected to your awareness of a, of a given situation. So just as an example, I am terrified of flying. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me that you can be in a in a metal tube flying seven miles above the the ground. But when I started to do more research, my anxiety got better. Why? Because I was more aware of turbulence is totally normal. And this is my expectation around it. It doesn't mean you're falling out of the sky. It's normal. That's what planes are designed for. So I think that level of awareness also helps you stay more centered and avoid the the poles like you said it, it avoids yeah. hitting the polarities the the further extremes well so awareness education both of those mm -hmm. things you're probably highly i say probably let me let me pose this to you in a different way how often do you read or up level your mind every day yeah th i have a i have a non-negotiable habit that i check off every day where i do 30 minutes of learning and that has been probably every day for the last five years and, and don't you find that has helped you with your anxiety because the more you know the more and this is what I was going to I don't one of the things I practice is I don't assume I don't make assumptions and it actually um for agreements talks about not making assumptions it's one of the agreements and I'm going to go there it actually pisses me off when people make assumptions mm. um so I was about to catch myself with making an assumption <laughs> saying you're probably pretty smart <laughs> I intuitively knew that you were smart because I know when it comes to anxiety, when you become aware as to what's working, what's not working and your feelings, you can do something about it. And that's where knowledge is power. Mm. Yeah. Even the, even the awareness of I am in this moment anxious, that's such a, when, because I think, and I'm curious to your take on this, Sonia, but before I understood what anxiety was, I thought I was sick and I thought I was broken and I thought there mm -hmm. was something wrong. And then it was, oh, this is anxiety. Okay, in this moment, I am anxious. Let me take some deep breaths. Let me be mindful. Let me be. So the awareness in the mm -hmm. moment is huge as well. Huge, huge. So to talk about what you just mentioned, we have different um, triggers, mm -hmm. shadows, darkness for anxiety. So I'm going to be completely vulnerable here. The reason why I say I hate working for other people, and I do have a job right now, um, of course, I just want my business to be back where it was, but mm. I have to realize, and then this is me being very honest, that I probably didn't have, I believe in a higher power. I believe that there's more than what I can control. I believe in manifestations, but I also believe timing is everything. And perhaps over the last year of my life, I couldn't, I didn't have the bandwidth to serve in a different capacity. Mm. And that's okay when I look at it from that perspective. But when you're going through it, it's not okay. So because we don't know what we're going through, we don't know what we're growing through. And that's the thing we are growing through this. So mm -hmm. my anxiety stems from, I know I'm a dedicated, good, hard worker. I worked my whole life, 30 years in corporate, predominantly sales, a little bit of marketing and management. Okay. I've been my very, very, very first job out of college. A company bought us out from the United States. We were all let go. Mm -hmm. We were picked up from another company, the majority of us, but my first experience within a year or two became a transitional experience where I learned how disposable in my 20s everybody was. You fast forward to throughout the ebbs and flows of my life and my most recent jobs, I was on two spontaneous layoffs. No reason, no, no cards, no write-ups, no problems. Corporate decided to do this. So every conversation I had had with my manager, and I wasn't part of an individual layoff, these were group layoffs, mm. having one-on-one -on -one conversations with my manager, qualities, quality checks, um, quarterly reviews, whatever it looks like, there was never a problem. Okay, but then all of a sudden, you're not good enough, according to them, 
to be part of the team or that's how you feel. Right. Right. You are not. And you touched on this. And, and this is hard when we feel so much. This is hard when we don't practice um, slowing down, like reading. You've also talked about breath work and we talked about meditation a little bit. I know you touched on these things. Mm-hmm. These are non-negotiables in my days as well. Mm-hmm. Probably no surprise to you. Um, so it takes a lot of work to realize you are not that identity. You are feeling anxious because of, but you are not anxious. Right. You are not in control as to what happens. And this is another love letter to myself. Is this in my control? Mm-hmm. Right. And then what I say to myself is, is this a five year problem or a five minute problem? Mm-hmm. Will this problem matter in five years? And that helps with anxiety. I mean, there's so many different things we can do, but being mindful, being aware, realizing that these are things that happened for you. Mm. These are things that help you grow into that next level of yourself and your experiences would be shaped completely different. So I was talking about work there, but the same thing applies in relationships. You know, we're not in a culture like my parents who've been together for 52 years this year, right? That doesn't exist so much anymore. Um, So you've got that same feeling of whether it's not being good enough, whether it's somebody else's judgment, whatever it may be that you are casting that shadow to in relationships. We're having that in our jobs. We're having that in our businesses. Mm -hmm. And we're having that all around us because we feel that the outward power has more than our power. Mm. And do you have any tips for us for bringing your power back to the moment? I think you've spoken to it beautifully where I think it has to do with working on yourself as much as you work on anything else. Because you're the only thing you're going to bring with you for the rest of your life. right? We're going to get oh. new phones, new shoes, new clothes, potentially new partners, uh, new friends, new homes, new cars, everything, right? Everything external, that's the thing, right? Everything external you can replace. Everything internal you must refocus and rewire and revisit and get different perspectives. So I would say to your point, when you work on yourself, it's this weird thing where, this has been my experience, the more I've worked on myself and what I know about the world and about me specifically, the less stressed I get, the more stress I can handle, the more uncertainty I can handle, because it's almost like I've trained. I've trained to swim in rough waters. I've trained to be out in the dark, whatever it is, that it's this weird thing that when you understand you are the vessel and you you grow the vessel and you strengthen the vessel and you know the vessel, life gets a little bit easier. Still not easy, still a challenge. There's a lot of hard conversations, a hard, you know, a lot of hard reflections. But when you become more competent as a human, I think everything gets a little bit easier to weather. That's huge. And and I echo the exact same sentiments. Um I actually wrote down some really good points about refocusing and rewriting mm-hmm. um your script and your story because we don't. Yeah. We sit in that space. And and before we continue to that next step, I have a little I have a little um, mini assignment for you. Please. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have a challenge. There's the word challenge. Okay. 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 Without thinking of anything else, I want you to just wiggle your toes and see what happens. Wiggling them. I know. Look at your, fa- <laughs> look at your face. So when you wiggle your toes, if you realize that you are anxious, so anxiety is thinking about the future right? Depression is being stuck in the past. So that's why when somebody says we need to talk for an anxious person, and remember, most of the times, most of us are not walking around with labels on our forehead saying, hey, I'm anxious today. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm tired today. Hey, I'm sad today. Because, you know, this is not acceptable in society. We're all okay. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You don't know what that person's facing. And you don't know the, you don't know the, um, the triggers. So if somebody were to say, we need to have a talk for an anxious person. Skip that part and just go to the talk. Mm. <laughs> Rip that Band-Aid off, good or bad, but you don't understand what is going through their 
their head from point A to point B. And it's not something that it's something that they are working on because most people that have anxiety understand that they have anxiety of some sort mm. or PDST or, or whatever it might be. They know that they've got something that they're not in alignment with and they're working with it. So the more you can learn about the impacts of that, the more you can understand the awareness. And it's as simple as, okay, I'm starting to feel something that's not comfortable. Well, what if you wiggle your toes for just mm. a second? <laughs> you can't help but smile. Mm. First of all, whether it's your eyes or your body, I noticed your eyes first. And you're not thinking of anything else. So that temporary worry has gone away. Right? Which helps you be more in the present. And that's what we're looking for. The mindfulness, the, the present piece. Um, it's about noticing the beauty around us and not just not just showing up and doing the things we're supposed to be doing but enjoying the journey to get there yeah okay so on that note do you have a minute to share with us a day in the life when it comes to taking care of you oh man so i will you have some non-negotiables here i do yeah i do i will i just want to uh, preface this with my experience as a human being does not suggest that you have the experience that i have because there's a lot that goes on. So uh, for me, taking care of myself starts with me exercising. I, I like to get up early, you know, five o'clock, 4.30, whatever it is. And I go directly to the gym. It actually starts the night before. I don't, I never have my cell phone in the bedroom. My cell phone stays in the office. My phone does not come into the bedroom with me. I don't want it. I don't want the pull. I don't want the, the I don't want that. I don't want the anxiety that comes with running a business and having your phone at your hip 24 seven. So yeah, my, my phone stays in the office. I get up. I put my phone in my pocket when I wake up. I don't look at it. Right? I, I don't need to know what's going on at 4.30 in the morning. I go to the gym. On the way to the gym, I learn because I'm listening to an audiobook on the way to the gym. When I get to the gym, I put my AirPods in and then I listen to another 15 minutes of the audiobook while I do my mobility, turn on loud music and crush my workout. And then I, I go home and I listen on the way home to our podcast because I try to reflect and, and master that. And then when I get home, it's usually I have a couple hours of back office work. And then then I'm doing this. I pretty much do this from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. And then I usually do a couple calls on Saturday. Throughout the day, it's just serve, serve, serve. And then at night, I make sure that I'm spending, I try to spend at least two hours a night with my wife. That's that's important as a, a very business, a very busy business owner. It's hard to find that time sometimes, but we're trying to, very similar to you, Sonia, I'm trying to level up my life overall, but my love, my health, and my wealth, I want everything to, to kind of grow at a similar rate. So yeah, just some of those non-negotiables for me are, I try to exercise every day. I try to get eight hours of sleep. It's usually seven. You know, I weigh myself every day. I track our finances every day. My wife and I play the gratitude game before we go to bed every night. It's that type of stuff where I'm just a creature of habit. So if I can focus on doing the right things, I'm usually pretty good at doing them consistently. So, but a lot of those things are me making sure I'm I'm pouring into my own cup and getting an hour of R and R a night, right? That that type of stuff as well. I love that. Okay, so there's similarities, but I do love that. And um, for those that don't know, we're going to touch on this because I don't know if this was brought up a couple um, on the last episode or not, but. Um, ironically enough, Kevin did an episode with my husband last week and, um, it's, it's by Reggie B and it's, Hey, you get a real effing job. And it's about entrepreneurs and it's amazing. Um, I'll be a guest on there one day too. I just, um, haven't booked my time yet, <laughs> but I don't know what you guys tap into. Cause I know his is just getting released. Um, did you guys talk about our date nights? I don't think so. Okay, so this is interesting. So first of all, we didn't know that we were going to be on the show until Tony and I were talking about it one day. A mm -hmm. um, couple of things I want to share. So there's a lot of similarities and parallels. I function better when I work out in the morning as well. So this week I signed up for a five and a 10. It's been um, four years that I've been in physio and recovery from my ankles. I've had some changes since COVID happened. I was running a fitness studio pre-COVID teaching 23 high intensity interval classes a week to spending four, four years in physio and not being able to move my body and run. Mm. That's where I'm saying the bandwidth and the timing. 
What we want, the universe knows. We've thrown it out there. But we need to prove by trusting that we will allow it to come at the right time. It doesn't mean it's not working. didn't mean my ankles will never heal. It means they will heal at the right time. So this year I've bit the bullet. I've signed up for two events. I'm super stoked about it. So that means there's a training schedule now, whether it's spinning, whether it's Pilates, whether it's yoga, whether it's an outdoors walk um, with the dogs or this morning, Hudson and I, my three-year-old grandson, he'll be three in May. And he is one of the reasons where I may not have the bandwidth. Mm. I also had my dad six months ago diagnosed with stage four um, lymphoma cancer. Um of course, I may not have had the bandwidth to serve when my world was being affected. And, and keep this in mind, we're talking about filling our cups, but as much as you're doing the right things, it doesn't mean there are external circumstances aren't going to affect you as well. Mm. Right? Mm. So now that I have a focus to, to get a new time to get out there to train to meet new people, my workouts look a little bit different, but Hudson and I did some um, barnyard yoga this morning, <laughs> um, but it feels so good. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And this is the point. Um, there's a couple of similarities. It doesn't matter what that movement is for you in the morning. Right. Um, honestly, you can get so much peace from yoga mm -hmm. um, or a walk with the dogs with or without your headset. It doesn't matter. Like, there's no judgment and there is no right wrong. And this is the biggest takeaway taking time to fill your cup there is no right wrong at all it's just that you need to do it so I too listen to audiobooks I am part of a book club so I'm listening to some other books but most of them are all personal development and I actually have a really cool tracking device it's in one of my books that I've created but I'll show you I'll show you please, hang on a second. I will it's kind of cool um so <laughs> There's my dad again. There's my dad again. I'm so thankful. So he actually rang the cancer bell last Friday. Mm. Um, so really good. Um, different, but that's the thing. We don't know what's coming down the pipe. We're just doing this work to prepare so we can get through each day as the best version of ourselves. So I have created these sheets. It's called the book list. So every time somebody refers a book to me, it goes on this book sheet and mm. it gets colored. So, so far this year, I've got five colored in, six colored in, one, two, three, four, five, six, six colored in. Um, and I had to sit there and pause back in February thinking, what on earth did I accomplish this year? Mm. What did I accomplish? Like, just because it looks different. A year ago, I had a book release in the first quarter, my quarterly planner. Um, so this, the point is, it can look different. There's, there's a point here. Okay. So anyways, I've got my book list. I've read six books so far this year. Last year, I completed 31 books right here. Nice. Right? Kind of powerful. and Very and, powerful. Well, where is my book? You know, it is powerful because this, we see this all the time. Sorry, I'm here. I'm listening. I just <laughs> created um, a book I wanted to show. Oh, it's right. It's right here. This is my quarterly, this is my getting started guide, this book. And the only reason I am showing this is because this book that you can get on Amazon does have the book list, mm. right? So then you can write other books down. So whenever somebody is suggesting a book, it goes on my book list and then I write it down. Um, so I listen to books when I'm driving and it's amazing. Even when you live a small in a small town, um, you can get half an hour and 45 minutes yeah. of personal development and while you're running errands. And if you're going grocery shopping, score. Mm -hmm. If you're meal prepping, score. Mm -hmm. like dishes. Dishes, dishes score. score. Yep. So it doesn't have to be boring and it doesn't have to be mundane. And sometimes people cast these. And this is where I want to say men, women alike. What we're talking about here isn't for one or the other. Mm -hmm. This is about you showing up as the best version of you to live your life. Right. So we both do some sort of mindset work by personal development in the mornings. We both move our bodies in the morning. I'm a little bit different than you. I do. We do have a bedtime routine, which I'll which I'll share with you. Um, my phone goes in my bed, our bedroom on my side of the bed at um, about an hour before I go to bed. When I'm done work, it goes to the bedroom. It gets plugged in. It gets charged. Now, we do have kids. So 
one of us needs to have their phone on and that's normally him. So the phone's on, but I don't normally hear it. And sometimes he's like, I think someone's calling you. Normally only the kids or my parents will call at night if there's an emergency. Mm. Um, but the phone is beside my bed, but I, I don't touch it for about an hour before bed, maybe an hour and a half before bed. Mm. Normally before, okay, so we'll talk about before bed in a minute. But the very first thing I do in the morning is I go to my Calm app and I do a 10 minute meditation. Mm. And I need my phone for that. So, and then from there lately, and I've been leaning into this. So there's an, there's an age gap between the two of us. I'm pretty sure Kevin's not going to be 50 this year. Like I am. (laughs) (laughs) So the whole point is it doesn't matter where you're at. um, But when you own who you are as much of a morning person, as I am, I have learned that especially through the seasons with the darker weather in the winter, I actually like lingering in bed and doing some of my social work after I've done my meditation before I even move my body. And it's just been working for me this year. Mm-hmm. A little unusual, but remember, I spent five years at a gym being ready for clients at 6 a.m. Yeah. Right? Uh, this is, and I have had the children where I'm up all night. This is lingering in bed, getting up an hour early and doing my meditation and drinking my, normally I will drink a whole liter of water before I even get out of bed I have it there overnight and this is where I kind of give myself permission to linger but I'm not really lingering but this is like the faux pas part where it's you have to get up and go no you need to get up and do what works for you yeah right so I do meditation throughout my morning I do like to do journaling okay Mm. but journaling was hard for me I didn't trust it I had some stories that I was holding on to that journaling was hard for me but I was consistent with something called reflections. Hmm. And we haven't talked about this yet, but I would, for years, I've been diving deep into Oracle cards, Oracle cards, tarot cards. I even have an angel book that I populate, like that I dig into and I just fold the pages. And yesterday I went on YouTube. So this isn't live. So I did go on YouTube and I forget what I called it, but there was a live episode I did. And I talked about how everything in my cards showed up exactly to what had happened that week verbatim. And that is awareness. And so I had no problem reading my cards, reflecting on what they meant, what I thought they meant, the direction and just pausing, but I was not journaling. So I changed that. And I, and I tried, I'd moved the journal beside the, where I was sitting on the couch. I tried different things over time, but now I journal before I do my cards. Right. And that's called habit stacking. And you have to move things around to what works for you. If I work out first thing in the morning, it's done. I'm a better person. I'm happier. It's done. I'm dressed. Um, but I also have an opportunity to take a mental health walk at three o'clock with the dogs. Mm-hmm. And it feels good. Yeah. And there are some powerful walking meditations and it feels good. So you touched on this and we touched about how is it? Oh, I thought I'm like, I'm not wearing my glasses. Is it, is it really a 1057? <laughs> no, okay. 37. It's not. It's not. We got time. Okay. So like you, it starts with our bedtime routine and mm-hmm. the five years. So I've been divorced twice. I've had to pick up my personal life twice, which isn't easy. Um, the one thing that's making this relationship and a blended relationship stick is that since we've been together, we have had date night every single night. Mm-hmm. And I can't stress this enough because like you said, for you and your girlfriend to have a couple times together, or sorry, you and your wife to have some time together um, for two hours every single night, it's going to look different for everybody. We meet on the couch at 930 every night. And sometimes it's a little bit earlier. Sometimes we'll check in and see if we're going to meet earlier or not, um, if we're doing our own things. Um, so if we can get, and sometimes we sit and talk, but sometimes we sit, normally we sit and start a show and relax together at night and we aim to be in bed by 10 15 10 30 um and then normally that's where I will go and read a book for a few minutes before bed mm-hmm. but then we actually go to bed together and there is there is a lot to be said for relationships and communication and having that powerful routine of going to bed at that same time mm-hmm. yeah speak to me I, about your experience to that yeah I, I think one of the I mean if you think about um I guess airplanes is the analogy. Airplanes is the theme today. If you think about planes, one of the reasons planes are so safe is because they have a system they run every single time, right? Before you fly, while you're flying, after you fly, before you fly, after you fly, during the flight, there's a system. 
when you think about why Amazon works the way it does, there's a system. When you think about why Zoom works the way it does, and you and I can talk to each other across the country, across the world, it's because there's a system. What I have found and what I have seen and what I've experienced is the majority of relationships that don't work, there's just no system. Yeah. There's, there's just no, there's no consistency. There's no focus. There's no intentionality. There's no, there's, there's no commitment. It's, well, we're together. And if it's supposed to work, it will work. It's like, no, 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 no. I understand what you're saying, but whoever told you, and this is just my perspective, whoever said relationships are supposed to be easy and they're just supposed to flow. I love my wife. We are deeply in love. We're an amazing couple, but we have arguments. We have disagreements and we have moments where we have to say, hey, we have to both be vulnerable and talk about this. And I just think that my expectation though, is that a relationship will be challenging because I think relationships involving two people are challenging, right? So I think my what I would say when I'm speaking to this is just I think that the the fact that if you don't have a system, you're relying on emotions and you're relying on things that just might be riding under the radar. If you're not hyper conscious about your activities, you're probably you're limiting the amount of results you could get. That's what I'll say. It's powerful. It's powerful because most people don't think twice that just because it involves work doesn't mean it's worth it. Mm. Right. And would you say that your marriage is successful because you take time to fill your cup every day? That's a big part of it. Yeah. If, if my state is off, everything is off. Right. If I, if I'm not pouring into me, I can't pour into this interview. I can't pour into my wife when she's stressed out or the family or yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, and then you'd made a comment too about, you know, other words, if, if you don't have that system, you're relying on emotions, mm. but not everybody is on that same page with emotions. We mm. talked about that at the very beginning, right? We've got the deep shadow work or the triggers or whatever. And so emotions can be in abundance of or in lack. And when it comes to communicating, that can be challenging. Of course. Right. Yeah. It makes a difference when you take care of yourself and you remove those assumptions, you remove those expectations that marriage is going to be easier or life is going to be easier. Today is going to go as planned. I thought yesterday was awesome. Awesome. I had a great day. I managed my grandson. I got everything I needed to do done. I had great time and this was spontaneous, but you know, there was judgment at one point from an external um, person that wouldn't have done things my way. Well, Okay, I can still feel that tension, but you didn't walk a mile in my shoes raising three kids by yourself for a little bit. And it is okay for them to be in a different room, right? Like when you've got different scenarios and different backgrounds, but you hold on to that heaviness as judgment mm. when it's an assumption or an expectation um, instead of communicating about the fact that it can be different progress is personal now that's for me like yes pro progress is personal to you and nobody can really tell you you're not making progress because they don't know where you started and they don't know where you're trying to go yeah you know i think that's a and here's the other thing too and this has always been a very impactful or a very important thing to say especially when we do we've done a lot of speeches to predominantly female audiences. And one word has always stuck out and people have come up to me and said, hey, it's this thing you said, permission. You need to give yourself mm -hmm. permission to be imperfect. You need to give yourself permission to fill your own cup. And you need to give your, and when I say you need to, obviously, if, if it doesn't resonate with you, throw it in the garbage. But it would benefit us all to give ourselves permission to actually be what seems selfish from time to time. Mm -hmm. It is not selfish to, to practice self-love. It is not selfish to practice mm -hmm. filling your own cup. That is necessary. That is a necessary thing, not a selfish thing. And, you know, the world needs us more than ever right now. For sure. You know, we, we have been, over the last couple of years, in general, the majority have been in some sort of scarcity. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I know there's a few exceptions to that, but it and I we didn't talk about this behind camera. Are you comfortable with are you familiar with the chakras? I am aware of them, but I couldn't speak to them in an eloquent manner. Okay. So <laughs> let me take a second here and just 
um, go over some of the basics. I do a lot of chakra work with people and your root chakra, your base, which is around your um, pelvic area for most people. So think of this as a tree and the roots is what keeps you grounded into the ground. And it doesn't matter how big the storm is, you are safe and secure. You are firmly planted. You have more than enough and it is safe for you to have it all. Okay, but you can imagine how many people were affected where this is not their truth. Okay. Over the last couple of years when there's been shifts, when there's been shifts. Now think about anybody you may know that maybe were not impacted or maybe they were a couple of years ago or even now today throughout COVID and the after effect. But anybody that you know that's been laid off or fired or told they're not good enough or have had a divorce or have had parents divorce and have heard the fighting or have heard constant people fighting and arguing that they don't know what to think. They too fall into that category of lack of safety and security. They don't have that definition of what it means to them. So as a society right now, too many of us are inadvertently sitting in that category where we're looking to grow our roots really deep. So it doesn't matter how strong that wind is. We're bending back. You know, we're flexible enough to be bending back. And this is your root chakra. So the cool thing about this, when your root chakra is satisfied, when it's happy, when it's content, whatever those metrics is, and this is where you're saying progress is personal, wherever those metrics are, for some people, it could be a certain amount of money in their bank account. For some people, it could be a certain amount of groceries on in their cupboard. For some people, it's the safety and security of a loving, kind relationship, right? It can look different for everybody, but they need that feeling. And this is actually their commitment to community as well, the way they're serving, the way they're giving back. None of the growth that can happen of filling their own cup can happen if they're not feeling safe and secure. You have to start there and be open to what that is for you. Right. And you can be on the verge sitting on the two, but a lot of shifts have happened and, and that's okay. It just shows we're adaptable. The world needed to shake up. We can talk about politics, but we're not going to, <laughs> um, we can argue that, you know, the reasons why, but it, or we can even discuss it, but that's not the point here. The point is we all went through something. We all unitedly went through something. We were collectively in different boats, but we all made it through to the other side. So, how are we now making sure that we are safe and secure and what that looks like so we can keep that cup full so we can share that love with others? Yeah. Yeah. Most humans are certainty driven. So you're like certainty. If you're walking on thin ice, the last thing you're going to be doing is trying to think of how to change the world. You're just thinking, I hope this ice doesn't break. And that's scarcity. Right. That is a that is a, a good example of what scarcity is for most people. You feel like you're on thin ice that could go and break under you at any given second, you're not planning for the future. When you're stuck in the moment, now there's a good, there's good pieces to being in the moment, but when you feel stuck in the moment and you feel uh, con constructed by what's around you and you cannot break free and there's no certainty of what tomorrow will bring, it's very hard to plan for the future. So I, I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. And that's just one of the seven. Mm -hmm. I love chakra work. I mean, I, this is where I tap into a lot of people and help them figure out what needs adjusting the most, where we need to focus. Because hmm. these are deep-rooted, doesn't matter where you're at, these are deep-rooted reasons. And some hmm. people will have a um, religious belief and then now their crown chakra is affected. Um, or they feel like they're personally a failure. And that's where their heart, like that. And, and this is where a lot of, um, again, divorcees, if you would, man or woman, have that sensation that they have failed. In one way or another, and anytime there's a failure or you feel like you have personally failed, that is your heart chakra talking to you. Yesterday, I did a reading for somebody and her first reading was for her. But the second reading when I did it live, my throat went dry. I needed a drink of water and I couldn't finish reading what I was reading. And she piped in. She goes, I think this card's for you, too, because my throat chakra activated. Um, so when we become aware, when we become in tune to these things, we can give our body what it needs and it's mm -hmm. telling us in different ways so speaking of our body telling us things in different ways and not just 
feeling of being safe and secure, you had touched on a couple of amazing things that I wanted to bring up as we're going to bring this to a close. Just respectfully, I know we both have um, other commitments next. So the first thing I was impressed with is you track your weight daily and you track your finances daily. So for those that are familiar, you know that I talk about the four pillars, meals, movement, mindset, and your relationship with money. We broadly talked on movement and mindset, um, but I would love for you to share with us why you do those two things about your finances and your weight. Yeah, for me, progress, if you you really want to make a difference, you have to understand where the progress is currently trending. So it's just an awareness piece for me of, do I track my calories every day? No, because I look at the weight and I figure out, okay, I know my body well enough to understand, is it going up? Is it going down? Right now it's going down. Perfect. That's exactly what I want. So I'm I'm very happy with that. Should I track my calories? That's a standard that I put on myself. So I would say yes. But for me, it's an awareness, right? It's an awareness of, I am committed to becoming um I'll just use the word better for this, but better when it comes to my physical fitness. That's so that's something I'm tracking. I want that awareness. I want that consistency. I want that necessity, right? I want that. And then when it comes to finances, when I was, it's interesting, when I was very, very broke and we were trying to build this business, that was a habit that I started because it created the necessity for me to say, hey, you got to do hard things today. There's no money in this bank account. And if we keep doing exactly what we're doing, we're probably not going to get the result we want. Now, obviously, there's time that's involved with that, but it started from a place of look. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna try to be the healthiest, wealthiest, most most in love version of myself, those are the three things I got to focus on, and those are the three things that I have to measure. So, as a business, obviously, it's important to make sure we understand where our finances are going. But it, I just want to be on top of the, I want to be on top of the measurements that matter the most because I have a direct. It's it's this thing where you can look directly at the measurement. And it gives you cheat codes. It's like, oh, things aren't going the way you want them to. What's the measurement say? Oh, they actually are going the way you want them to. Interesting. All right, let me use that logic. So yeah, for me, it helps me, the simplest answer, it helps me get rid of emotion and tap into the logic of the progress that's actually being made. It helps you get rid of the emotion. Yes. Which helps you with anxiety. For sure. Which speaks to me, and I'm curious... Do you know your zodiac? Uh, I am a Leo. Interesting. Do you know your other two signs? I do not. I would not be surprised if you have a Cancer moon. Mm. Okay. I'm a Leo. I'm a Leo sign. I'm a Sag rising, which is what the world sees as your rising sign. And I am a Cancer moon. Mm. Cancer moon. Cancers specifically, but moon is connected completely to the emotion. Mm. Right? And you're not afraid to say, you've said this a couple of times, emotions, 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 emotions today, which is great to hear because we have this tendency of thinking women fall into emotions and men fall into logic. Mm. Um, It's not necessarily the case. No. That's how it's not the case. And yeah, I am highly emotional. Are you an empath as well? uh, Yes. 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 So there could be, I am highly emotional. I am an empath. Um. That is part of another reason why doing this work to ourselves, whether it's a routine, whether you call it self-care, whether you call it a system like a plane, it helps us handle those emotions. But we can't see it. I can't see it anyways. I I have to make it fun versus structure. Mm. Yeah. That's that's my difference. It's got to be personal. Mm-hmm. It's got to be for me breaking it down into these are the 30 things I should do every day. It's like, okay, cool. That's, that's what I should do. Right. That's what we've determined will bring me the success I want. Awesome. Let me, let me do that. If for me, it was always an awareness issue. I never knew what to do when I know what to do. I'll do it. But awareness was always the problem. I'm an operator. I'll show up and whatever, like, let me do it. Let me put my hands on it. But when awareness is the bottleneck, when you get a new awareness, that's that can be an unlock for people. Other people, it's the operation. How do I actually, how do I implement new awareness, right? So that's that's another interesting perspective too. Well, and even just being aware. So you track your finances and you track your weight. And I, on a personal note, as a trainer, as a um, healthy eating and weight loss coach, as a life coach, 
I know the benefits to tracking your weight every single day. Mm. It's like tracking your bank account every single day. You, you know where you're at. You've got your finger on the pulse. Yes. Okay. It is not something I recommend for people who are obsessed and have the mindset where the scale is everything or yes. they're, or they're mindfully going towards their BMI, which is a joke. We can talk about that later. But, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. With, yeah. Yeah. So just be mindful as to your personality, your traits and how obsessive you are. Yeah. And you might think that you might not be obsessive, but I want to have you have a state. I want to have you have a step back here and think of it from a holistic perspective. If you are an addict in one area of your life, you are an addict in other areas of your life. If you are obsessive in one area of your life, you are obsessive in other areas of your life. So you might not realize whether you are or aren't obsessive when it comes to tracking your food or wanting to lose weight or the way you think about yourself. Mm. But where else is that true? Or is that not true? Mm. And just be mindful because that's the awareness piece. Yeah. The awareness piece is huge. And and my biggest takeaway from that is, you know, there's no right, wrong. You can course correct quickly when you know where you're at. Yeah. You can't make those changes. If you find out you've suddenly gained 50 pounds and you didn't know it, well, stop wearing joggers, first of all, because mm -hmm. jeans are going to tell you quicker than joggers. <laughs> it's hard. I wear pajamas all day to work, Sonia. Now, like, come oh, on. What are we doing? <laughs> um, so the next thing is your attention flows where your energy goes. Mm. So you are consciously making decisions now because you know your attention is going to go to that scale tomorrow. Your intention is going to that bank account tomorrow. Mm -hmm. right? And I can impact. You can you can influence what you study. That's yes. another. I don't. I used to. I used to live unconsciously, unconsciously just doing everything. I didn't know why I was doing anything. And then I said, okay, what's the opposite of unconscious? Hyperconscious. Hyperconscious is acutely aware of everything. That's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming for. I want to be aware at least at an awareness level, then I can decide what to do with it. But awareness is a potential, right? And awareness is potential power if you want to use it that way. Okay. What else? What other words of wisdom do you have for us before we sign off today? Oh, man. Um, I think this will resonate with the audience. And maybe I'll have to come back and we'll do a full episode on this. But are the people in your life the best from your past or the best for your future? There's a lot of us who have people in our lives because they've always been in our lives or they're supposed to be in our lives or we feel guilty if they're not. You know, not everybody should be in your life forever. Not everything is permanent. And I, I would just say, check in with that. Are the people in your life helping you become the person you want to be or are they trying to keep you as the person you used to be? That's a that's a question that I love to pose because, again, awareness creates the opportunity for change. I love that. Um Thank you so much for being a guest on My today's pleasure. show. Um, it was certainly a lot of fun for me. I will make sure that everybody gets your links and your contact information. You. And um, we are going to sign this off for today. And guys, stay tuned to both of us. Thank you so much for chiming in.